My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Hello, Stitchers! What's up? Welcome to another exciting and amazing episode of the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Take Nicole is over here, <laughs> like <laughs> pumping her arms. She's getting yourself getting, all I'm psyched up and getting ready to go. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> we it, it, we haven't seen each other in a little bit of time. Here, yeah, we took okay. some time off, and then we had you know life and and stuff. So I'm really excited to see Nicole. And yes, so we're excited to be back recording again. Yeah, podcast. Yay. We have so much to talk about. Do we? Well, yeah, so much that like I can't even. Well, we did a lot of, you know, off. I was going to say off camera, but off, camera. off mic. Off mic. There we go. Off mic chatting. Yeah. So we did get Unloading. To, to catch up and unload. Unload. <laughs> But we we did save some stuff for you guys. Yes. So what's got you in stitches this week, Nicole? Um, has everybody, I'm sure, raise your hand, uh, hypothetically, <laughs> if you've gotten really sick over the break or had the flu? I, I don't, this is not wood, but I'm going to knock, knock on it. <laughs> I, oh, nope. I can't knock on wood. See? I did get sick. Yes. I was sick when we were recording our Krampus Cup That's podcast. That's right. You were really sick. But that was a stomach ache sick, right? Yeah, like yeah, stomach yeah. Flu? That was a stomach flu. Okay. See, that's gross. No, we we had break. We saw family. I had a cold going into it, and my little one had a cold going into it. But then my oldest and my husband got the flu, like super bad. To that's the point, good movie, super bad, super bad. <laughs> that is a great movie. Uh, and yeah, family got sick, and then I went back to work, and everybody at work said they were getting sick and they had the flu or anything. Like tis the season. Yeah, everybody's traveling around everywhere. Yep, every everything's like cold. So just the weather flu. change. Yeah, I think what it is in my theory is that after you're just so like stressed and like doing so much stuff for the vape for for Christmas and for holidays and work and then you take a break and your body relaxes right yeah and it just like automatically goes oh I'm gonna get sick now yeah you know? <laughs> I think so so I'm I'm finally better my Yay! husband's recovering Yay! the kids are better yeah the kids are better they're great they're here now yes <laughs> but yeah it's been crazy so I'm I, I'm sure all of you most of you have, have gotten sick or getting better so hopefully you're on the mend but yes man I hope that doesn't happen again it just was like an explosion oh, oh so, my gosh yeah, yeah. every time I talk to you you're like we're sick yeah or, <laughs> my husband's sick yep. or my little one's little sick one, little, one's little sick. one sick now he's better knock on wood that big one had his birthday and yes, was sick yeah poor buddy sick right after his birthday poor guy so he's better but yeah, Good, yeah. it's just crazy yeah. so how are you and what are your stitches or stitch? But so I'm okay. I think I told you guys that uh, for Christmas, a, an insane, awesome, wonderful surprise gift for me was a drum carter. Drum carter? Drum carter. And I also got a bunch of hand cards and a blending board. My husband spoiled me and went Aww. all out. I'm so excited to use them. Yes. And then... Uh, about a week or so ago a package arrived in the mail and it's a fleece or I guess we call a it a, a, a blanket it's an alpaca shearing from 2018 that is isn't that crazy? crazy so my husband found a farm in Vermont I think oh all the way on the east coast yeah okay. and, and ordered a fleece for me to practice carding and and spinning I'm gonna Getting get a spindle I'm oh. gonna with a drop old spindle school? yeah I gotta go old school and That's figure awesome. out how to make yarn oh my god but I'm gonna practice on somebody who isn't one of my eight children out in the back <laughs> so in case I mess up I won't feel Mess bad yeah. that I'm messing up one of my children's fleeces back there. <laughs> they are my children. children. I've been so worried about them. We've had some crazy weather events recently. Mm -hmm. If y'all are on the West Coast, you know, you remember this like crazy cyclone that oh, we had going the on. The rain. The rain. So much of it. It was insane. But the next day, it's like sunshine it, yeah, and the nothing next day happened. Was sunshine day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I was so worried about my alpaca out in the back. Oh. On my uh, Facebook, you can see I um, post a video of them. Like, so scared. I'm worried about them being. Oh. I mean, they're in their shelter. They're fine. But yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to bring them in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang them out in the garage. They're, they'll be cool, right? Just like. And, and the, no, they got to be in the oh. house. This is going to be warmer. <laughs> be with me. 
Oh, it's so your, funny. Your, uh, your cats, your big cats, right? My my giant big yeah. alpaca cats. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my. <laughs> okay, we're laughing because my real cat, his name is Pumpkins, is hanging out with us. He's right behind he me. He never really does. That's I know really he sweet. he's being social for some reason Aww. right now. But uh, he just tried to grab a fly right. In oh, front it was of us. amazing. So he almost got it. I know. <laughs> Good, Good <job>. boy. <laughs> Hunt those flies, kid. Well, it's winter. Awesome. We shouldn't have flies. It's well, so you have a farm. Yeah. So that's I, a little different. I have a farm. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of different things. Old McAngela had a farm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm really excited about this week's episode. Yes. We are talking about more visitors from the sky. Woo. More aliens going on. Yeah. This is really, really interesting. I, I tried to get as much into this one um, sighting, like well-known sighting. Uh-huh. But I was like, let's just do both that are the most well-known in <gasps> the United Kingdom. So Ooh, we're yeah. going across the pond. Across the pond. To the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it'll be excited. fun. Yeah. But. Yes. You, before that, I have a stitches that I was you, trying <laughs> to hide from you. <laughs> I was keeping this a secret. And then my youngest had it in her hand and she came running out and she's like, Miss Nicole, look. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to spoil it yeah but Look what my mom made yeah and, she, and nicole's being so sweet she's like i didn't see I didn't, it i'm I, like yes uh, you did I didn't come see on it all. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see it up close <laughs> well we're about to see it should we get stitching yeah let's get stitching let's get stitching <laughs> Okay, Stitchers. So to go with our UFO theme, because you guys know we love a theme. We do. I tried my hand at Amigurumi. Yay! <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I made I'm a like little yelling. alien. So this is... <gasps> Isn't he cute? <laughs> adorable. I, I need to trim him a little bit. I like tried to rush oh, it and make it super whatever. fast. And I'm not great at sewing body parts together. That's so the he's hardest a little crooked. Thing. No, I get it. That's the hardest thing. If you thing. guys have any tips and tricks on how to. because I've like, watched him on YouTube. It doesn't I, help. I pinned him together and I sewed him. But I definitely like you can see right in the front. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. See That's right okay. in the front. I did like a big stitch yeah. into the wrong stitch. And That's so you okay. can see it. But anyway, I'll get better at it. But. He's so cute. He's this adorable. Is, his name is Alan the Space Alien. <laughs> and this is a free Amigurumi pattern yes. brought to us by Ollie and Holly. So Thanks, if you Ollie go and to Holly. Ollie Holly. Oh, Ollie com, Holly. Okay. Yes. OllieHolly.com. That's the website. O-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-L-Y. <laughs> OllieHolly.com. It's adorable. And you can see free Alan the alien and it's an, a free amigurumi pattern Yay, just right there on free. her website yes yes so um this is who I made and let me tell you I used like a tinier yarn I used the baby blanket yarn so it's nice and soft yeah but it was so hard because yeah, you have a tiny little yes I was using a 3.5 millimeter hook nice and, and you've been used to using the big hooks for your <laughs> I've been using, projects. I've yeah. been playing with bigger, chunkier yarn. Yeah. So I've been using much bigger hooks. And so, yeah, I need to trim that. That's back. okay. That's but, okay. And then stitching so him cute. together. But yeah, he was, it was a fast project. Because he's tiny. He's so tiny. Mm -hmm. He's just, uh, I think he's supposed to be about five inches tall. And he's, so it's a really quick, cute, oh, he's saying, he's waving hi. Yeah. Really quick, <laughs> cute little project to do, but I it is on ollieholly.com, free Alan the alien, just a really cute little amigurumi. The way that it says, you say that's like free him, like free, free Alan. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I know. It's like, what, what is that? Free Willy? Yeah. <laughs> free Alan. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's Aww. adorable. Good job, but Angela. I love yeah. it. So we will post a link. So if you want to make him yeah. yourself, you absolutely can. Yeah, we'll put that in our website. Questions real quick. So it yes. looks like his body and his head are separate, right? But his legs are attached. The right? legs. Yes. Yeah. So you make you the legs it. first and then you attach the legs together and you build the body yes. up from there. Okay. Yes. 
I, you know, it's funny with that, that process. I always still have problems with it for some reason. It was tough to right? get the legs on there. Right. And I'm just like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to go with yeah. it. Whatever turns yeah. out. If he's it's a little wonky, okay. he'll be my little wonky alien. He's got character. Yep. He is my little wonky alien. He's really cute. Yeah. I think his arms are a little bit too long for my liking, but. Oh, you um, can always change that. Yeah. I could always change that. But and you sewed on his arms. After. I sewed his arms on. So everything. So it's a headpiece. I didn't stuff the arms. Okay. You can, but they're so. They're tiny tiny yeah. yeah so and i didn't stuff his antlers That's or his okay. antenna i'm his sorry antenna. Antenna. <laughs> his <antlers. laughs> he's a deer alien yeah no he's adorable antenna. and then a little I, smile yeah I, I doubled the thread for his smile so it looked nice. like he looked more happy. He does look very happy. Yeah. He's happy to visit. Yeah, he's cute. Yay! So that's my little alien. Good job, Angela. Yay! I love it. Yeah, so check out our website. We'll put it on our, our notes on our pages and we'll put it uh, as many places as we can. Yes, but, yes. And we'll take pictures and put it on social. Yes. Yay. My little wonky alien. I love him. <laughs> Alan, right? Alan. Alan. Yes. That's a weird well, name. We can for, change I guess his name. Alien. Alan, Alan the alien. The alien. Yeah. We can change his name. What do you want to name him? I don't know. What do you think? He looks like a. He looks like a Steve. Steve. Okay. <laughs> Steve the alien. Steve the alien. There you go. Hi, Steve. That's cute. <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's dive into some more alien talk. Is it story time? Oh, it's totally story time. Yay. <laughs> everybody so as i mentioned earlier we are going to do two of the united kingdom's most well-known ufo sightings sure that fits that theme a little bit of stranger things too now think about it just like a little yeah nod to that okay whenever i try to do some ufo stories i go it's funny there's a an history.com they actually have a an interactive map a ufo sightings location map okay <gasps> cool yes and so that's when i when we did the the fun one in um what was it kentucky i think mm-hmm. the, the cool yeah the, the, the kelly farm. kentucky the Ke- yeah. yeah that's why I, I found this and i was like oh yeah that's i remember that story so go to history.com you can just google ufo sightings and you'll you'll see it and it's so cool so you can go around it shows you the project blue book because that's where that's why it's on history.com they have the whole season about it mm-hmm. but the one that i wanted to do was the rendlesham forest incident which is so cool and that's what i'm going to start with today and then like i said i have as much information i can about that there's another one that i'm going to talk about and it's about the nato war games so military you know but and actually both of these are military um involved okay okay so the first one i will talk about actually is the nato war games and ufos so in 1952 General Dwight D. Eisenhower started the initial planning for exercise main brace. It was the first large-scale naval exercise undertaken by NATO's newly established Allied Command Atlantic. And this is one of their two principal military commands. Okay, I know there's a lot I just threw at you, but that's okay. You'll, you'll <laughs> follow me wrong. Eisenhower did this prior to his resignation as NATO's Supreme Allied Commander Europe, to run for the presidency of the United States. Okay. Okay. So he was, yeah. So he's basically helping in charge of the military of NATO. They wanted to do this exercise to kind of flex, right? Because this was crazy times. Now, good old Wikipedia does a good job explaining exercise main brace. And here we go. So main brace was conducted over 12 days between September 14th through September 25th, 1952. And it involved nine navies. And this is the United States Navy, the British Royal Navy, the French Navy, the Royal Canadian Navy, Royal Danish Navy, Royal Norwegian Navy, the Portuguese Navy, the Royal Netherlands Navy, and the Belgian Naval Force. And they operated in the Norwegian Sea, the Barents Sea, and the North Sea near the Jutland Peninsula in the Baltic Sea. Okay. Okay. A bunch of navies got together. Yes. In the Navy. In the Navy. Yep. <laughs> now, its objective was to convince Denmark and Norway that those nations could be defended against attack from the Soviet Union. Okay. Okay. The exercise featured simulated carrier airstrikes against enemy formation attacking NATO's northern flank near Bodo, Norway, naval air attacks against aggressors near the Kiel 
Canal, anti-submarine and anti-ship operations, and U.S. Marines landing in Denmark. Okay. Yay. So that was the main brace exercise. My guns are bigger than your guns. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And now the operation did consist of 200 ships, 1,000 planes, and oh. 80,000 soldiers from the various countries stated previously. Oh, my gosh. So this was huge. That's massive. Huge. Okay. Uh, What's crazy. Uh, think about that. That's 80,000 people. Yeah. This is like a crazy military. I, I'm thinking of those military demonstrations, you know, the big military yes. parades. Like, yeah. That's what this but is. this is way bigger and over the water. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So many people. Yes. Now, ironically... Edward Ruppelt, the U.S. Air Force captain in charge of the Project Blue Book UFO investigations, uh-huh. mentioned that Pentagon officials half joked to keep an eye out for aliens and UFOs during the exercise. <laughs> oh, because there's such a huge military presence yeah. that it would draw alien attention. Well, 1952 was a year full of UFO reports and sightings. Oh. So this was a huge year and they're like, oh, watch, watch out. out for aliens. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. And little did they know oh, no. they weren't wrong. <gasps> so, OK, even before the exercise started, September 13th, OK, the captain and crew of the Danish destroyer Willemos, I think that's how you spell it, say it, Willemos, maybe, spotted a triangular shaped unidentified object that night. Yeah, it moved at an astonishing speed toward the southeast. Lieutenant Commander Schmidt Jensen estimated that the object was traveling upward of 900 miles per hour. Dude. 900. Dude. It's so fast. They, no, they had no technology to no, go that fast nobody in the 50s. Does. In the oh 50s. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And the craft also emitted a bluish light. Ooh. Okay. So they're the first ones to say, hey, we just spotted something that the we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Danes. Woo-woo. Even before it started. Okay. Then I'm going to kind of, you'll, you'll hear me talk about this, but I'm going to go out of order here. But then on September 20th. Another unidentified object was spotted by three officers of the Danish Air Force. Oh, more Danes. More Danes. Okay. They witnessed a shiny disc with metallic appearance flying overhead and vanishing into the clouds. Ooh. Yes. Then on that exact same day, personnel on board the American aircraft carrier USS Franklin D. Roosevelt noticed a silvery spherical object that moved across the sky. Dude. Okay. Now, now the U.S. is in on yes. this too. Okay. American newspaper reporter Wallace Litwin was also aboard that U.S. carrier and noticed the commotion of several pilots and flight crew members pointing into the sky. Litwin looked up and saw the craft as well and claimed it resembled a white ping pong ball. Ah, <laughs> <Okay>. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> Tic Tac. <laughs> Yes, he then continued to take photos of the craft. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Good. Well, the photos were reviewed by U.S. Navy intelligence officers. However, they were never released to the public. Of course they weren't. In the, you know, in these days, everything has been, you know, being released. Unfortunately, we just don't have those photos. Uh. I know. Years later, though, Litwin recounted the events that day in a letter to a UFO investigator. When he went below deck, he joked with other newspaper correspondents that he'd just shot, aka photographed, a flying saucer. When the ship's executive officer overheard him, he told Litwin that there were no weather balloons that had been released that day. Then the officer radioed the Midway, the only other ship in the vicinity, and they confirmed what the officer had thought. No weather balloons are in the air or known to have been released. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Litwin claimed the unidentified object that looked like a ping pong ball was only 10 feet over his head. So, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was 10. Okay. He said it, it was, was only a, 10 feet. And it was the size of a ping pong ball? No. Okay. It looked like a giant ping pong ball, but it was. Like, how big? I don't know. That doesn't say that. But 10 feet. 10 feet over your and head. I was like, Maybe that's wrong, but that's, that's what I read. So. There you go. That does not sound right. If something was 10 feet over my head, I think I would be able to touch it almost if you jumped, right? Like, well, I, I don't have that many ups, <laughs> but like, you know, I could at least like find a ladder or go upstairs or I'm wondering, you know. well, it probably, it like probably flew over his head. Oh, flew over his head really fast. Yeah. Okay. But 10 feet over his head. Oh, that's too close. Yeah. 
When Rupelt and the team of the Project Blue uh, Book followed up with the crew who spotted the object, some just thought it was indeed a weather balloon and others had doubts. So, But Rupelt indicated that it had just moved way too fast, according to the witnesses, to be a weather balloon and did not look like any of the hundreds of balloons the crew had witnessed being launched by aerologists. Oh. So they knew what a weather b- balloon looked like. Right. They knew how it moved. And it didn't this behave was, or look nope. like any of those. And there weren't any that were released. Nope. And they, they confirmed that. So to sum up, people, yes. it's not a weather balloon. No, it's not a weather balloon. <laughs> and it moves way too quick. It moves too fast for a weather balloon. Yes. It's not a weather balloon. Nope. Doesn't look like a weather nope. balloon. Therefore, it's not it's a duck. Not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next day, September 21st. Pilots with the British Royal Air Force noticed a shiny sphere as they flew their jets in formation over the North Sea. According to the NICAP, which is the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, report, when returning to base, one of the pilots looked back and saw the UFO following him. He returned to chase it, but the UFO also turned and sped away. (laughs) Okay, so from alien encounters that we've discussed before, there they tend to be somewhat non-confrontational. Like they'll come close, but then if you try to, they don't attack you, they'll run. They're just observing. And then we always attack. Yeah. (laughs) We're the ones going after them, right? It's so funny. Like with the Kelly one, they're shooting at them. Yeah. Shoot first. Mm -hmm. Get them. Like, no, stop shooting. They're not doing anything to you. Yeah. As I mentioned, I'm going to go out of order by date, but this was probably the most significant sighting during the exercise. This sighting is apparently the one that may have relaunched the British military's interest in UFOs. Oh, nice. We go back to September 19th when a British meteor uh, fighter jet. So British meteor is is an actual plane. I was like, British meteor fighter? Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Oh, okay. Anyway. It's it's a type of fighter jet. Gotcha. Okay. It was on its way back from exercises over the North Sea to the Topcliffe Airfield in Yorkshire, England. As the meteor aircraft descended to 5,000 feet, the ground crew awaiting the aircraft spotted a silvery circular object traveling above the meteor aircraft, (gasps) roughly several thousand feet and going in the same direction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, prior to the meteor aircraft's return, Flight Lieutenant John W. Kilburn, 31 years old at the time, had just landed into the neighboring Dishforth RAF station. When he spotted the meteor aircraft, he was quoted saying he saw something different from anything I have ever seen in 3,700 hours flying in a variety of conditions. Yes. That's cool. (laughs) And this was stated to Great Britain's national newspaper Sunday Dispatch on Sunday, or I'm sorry, September 21st, 1952. Kilburn was also quoted, it was 10.53 a.m. on Friday. The meteor was coming down from about 5,000 feet. The sky was clear. There was sunshine and unlimited visibility. The meteor was crossing from east to west when I noticed the white object in the sky. This object was silver and circular in shape, about 10,000 feet up, some five miles astern of the aircraft. It appeared to be traveling at a lower speed than the meteor, but was on the same course. So exactly what the people saw. Right. Yeah. From a different perspective. Same thing. Same thing. (gasps) That's so creepy. Yes. (laughs) In a report preserved by the National Archives, he also noted that the flying object then began to descend toward the meteor aircraft as it was swinging in a pendular motion, similar to a falling sycamore leaf. Kilburn at first thought that maybe it was a parachute or engine cowling that had broken loose from the jet, but suddenly the unidentified object stopped in midair, Oh no! rotated on its own axis, and zipped off at incredible speeds over the horizon. What? It's like, what's up? (laughs) Bye. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be so crazy to see. I would have loved to see that, right? uh, I love it when these are military stories. Yeah. Because they're trained, you know, they're up in the skies all the time. All the time. They're trained to know what different things are in the sky. And they're not going to embellish or exaggerate. It's pretty much like this is what it is. It's straightforward. And for them to be like, this is what we saw. This is what it did. We it's know how believable, insane right? it is. Yeah. 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 
they're not gonna like you said it's, they're not gonna embellish anything they're not gonna embellish it's way more believable than yes <laughs> than some, some random random, random three o'clock a.m yeah. person saying something right <laughs> i'm like my brain is going back to the snl sketches sketches oh. <laughs> yeah they're all sitting in the chairs and they're getting like asked about their experience yes. with the aliens yes. and like cecily strong is like it was so beautiful <laughs> it was so magical we went yep. into the blah, blah, blah. and um oh who was it what's her name kate 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 mckinnon yes kate mckinnon's like well that was not my experience uh, <laughs> they were slapping my titties and uh <laughs> maybe maybe strip and <laughs> <laughs> they just you know got in the line and just started <laughs> slapping me i love that oh such a good sketch well back to kilburn <laughs> <laughs> to get off topic uh, we're still on topic yeah okay well kilburn reported that the acceleration was in excess of that of a shooting star oh my god See? fast yeah i've never seen such a phenomenon before the movements of the object were not identifiable with anything i have ever seen in the air Wow. So, so he cool. reported that. Now, according to NICAP, this is the last thing about it. None of the sightings during the exercise main brace were ever explained. <laughs> nice. So there you go. So multiple sightings and across the different militaries couldn't explain it. Yeah. So it's just like, this is what we saw. Yep. Don't know what that to say. That is that. There you go. Okay. We saw Merry Christmas. Identified <laughs> objects. Yep. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. I love it. So that's the the, the most well-known I love the one. thought of the aliens being like, ooh, what are these humans doing? There's a whole big gathering of so military yeah. people Let's here. Go Let's go, check go watch. Out. Yeah. And they just watched. They, they watched, like didn't yeah. get involved, but they let us know they were there. Right. So what do you think they were going to do if it was like a real thing? What do, do you mean think, if it was like a war? Do you war? think aliens are just, yeah. What if, yeah. I mean, we'd just gotten out of some big wars and that's true there were no alien assistants that nope. i know of <laughs> no i don't think i know of any either i don't know it's, so it's hard interesting. there's so many theories dating uh, and we were watching actually some alien shows during the break but like it's it's interesting that we've probably known about aliens since bc what was it like when oh yeah um, they're helping build the pyramids yes, have exactly. you seen on the the high high what is it Hi i forgot but it's that the along the same line did you yeah see that? the hieroglyphs yeah right hieroglyphics am i saying that right yeah Hi okay. hieroglyphs yeah yeah okay in on in egypt right they it looks like that there might be some alien technology right. helping to build helping. the pyramids yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I forgot what it's called, but they're, oh, we were watching the show and they're saying like, so where the, the pyramids are. Yeah. Easter Island, all those cool things that were built that we don't know how to explain are all on the same line around the world. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all using, um, they're all building these crazy monoliths and statues and things that are way beyond their that capability are way, that are yeah. human capability. And they're interlocking systems that we didn't like, how did we do that? Like, how do we do that without help? You know? Right. And they're still, aliens yeah exactly <laughs> and they're still there that's the craziest thing they're the longest lasting monuments and man-made structures yeah how did we do that thousands of years yeah, later they're exactly. still there that's so if they're still around and they're kind of here to watching and helping maybe they yeah maybe they're like oh what are they doing out there in this this crazy water with all these military and like and they're flying and they're shooting and like mm -hmm. maybe they were interested in you know I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. And then they just sit back and watch. Yeah. But then they let us know like, hey, I feel like them showing their presence a little bit is like, hey, cut yeah. that out. Yeah. <laughs> don't you fight. It's like a parent saying, cut that out now. Yeah. That's too much. Just stop. Yeah. We want you guys to live longer than <laughs> settle. Relax. <laughs> we don't need any more wars right no. now. You guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't fight. Don't fight. Get along. See? Peace. So Aww. I don't know. But it's just, again, very interesting to have military presence seeing so many unidentified objects and reporting them and not knowing what to do with it. So, yeah, those are those are cool stories. Yeah. Tell me another one. Tell me okay. more. <laughs> All right. So on to the second. And this is um, more well known, I think, than those NATO games. But this is called the Rendlesham Forest Incident. OK, this most famous UFO encounter in England has become known as the Britain's Roswell. Ooh. I mean, what kind of encounter happens twice in the span of one week in one what? area? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. We travel back to December 1980 in the county of Suffolk, England. Ooh, I was alive then. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, no. I was two years over. My, I, was a, I was a blink in the eye there. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and specifically, we go to the Rendlesham Forest, as I mentioned. And this is uh, north of the forest at this time was RAF, which is Royal Air Force, Bentwaters. And to the west, but extending into the forest, was RAF Woodbridge. Both bases were being used by the United States Air Force at the time. And the Rendlesham Forest is roughly 5.8 square miles. I have a little map. It's really hard to see. I'll put this on um, socials. Yeah. But here's a map. Uh, and here's a forest. Yes. There's Woodbridge and there's Bentwaters. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll see some Little forest things in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the early hours of December 26, hey, hey. Merry Christmas, approximately 3 a.m., two military security personnel from RAF Woodbridge saw strange lights in the Rendlesham Forest, which was just outside, again, the back gate of the base. It's like into it. Okay. Right. They called into their superior to see if they were allowed to investigate as they thought it may have been an aircraft that had either crashed or was forced to land in the forest. Note that they thought it was something of a larger shape. Okay. Okay. So they saw big lights. It wasn't something small. Okay. Right. Some sources say they saw the lights descending into the forest, but the official Ministry of Defense document just states unusual lights being spotted in the forest. Okay. And another quick side note that will probably come back around in my story time. At the same exact time, the patrolman saw the strange lights. A large fireball or meteor was seen flying over southern England. Oh. Remember in Kelly? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There was the, Yeah. Fireball. Yep. 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 Okay. Fireballs are Fireballs. a very good link. I don't know why. There you go. Okay. Another security personnel joined the two security guards as they were approved to check out the forest. The Ministry of Defense report states the individuals reported seeing a strange glowing object in the forest. The object was described as being metallic in appearance and triangular in shape, approximately two to three meters across the base and approximately two meters high. It illuminated the entire forest with a white light. Ooh. The object itself had a pulsing red light on top and a bank or banks of blue lights underneath. And huh. the, the okay. object was hovering or on legs. Okay. So okay. it wasn't like on the ground. Right. When the patrolman tried to get close to the metallic object, it maneuvered through the trees. <gasps> so it didn't shoot straight up or it, it stay on the ground. It was carefully moving around the trees away from the men. So moved rather intelligently and disappeared. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> However, at this exact same time, there was a nearby farm where the animals were went into a frenzy, quote unquote. What we learn later, though, is that there is a farm nearby, but with no barn animals. The frenzied animals most likely were local muntjac deer. Apparently, they oh. cry like... Woo! Yeah, Woo! yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm here for the sound effects. Perfect. <laughs> now, what is crazy and not sure if this was brought up again or in any other website, but the Ministry of Defense report from Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt stated that the metallic object was briefly sighted again, <gasps> approximately an hour later near the back gate of the military base. Oh, by who we don't know. Okay, but. There's only one in that that Ministry of Defense report. I put, I put MOD. He wrote that. But no other website mentions that, which I'm confused about because it's like. That he, seems like it's a really. It's a big thing. Cool piece right? of information there. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like was it wasn't a, just one sighting. They saw it on again. On that one day. Yeah. Yeah. Within an hour. Okay. So there you go. By 4 a.m., the local police arrived after being called by the military men. But what, when they did the quick search, the only lights they reported were coming from the Orford Ness Lighthouse, which was roughly northeast of the forest. This is going to come back, okay? Okay. They're going to blame but, all the lights on the lighthouse, huh? Hey. I, yeah. did, I you know, <laughs> got to find some kind of lame explanation yes. for everything instead of wanting to be like, oh, yeah, it was aliens. Right. <laughs> there you go. So it's going to be a big part of it. Yeah. It can't have come from the lighthouse if it was, you know, close to the ground maneuvering through the trees. That exactly. is not a light from the lighthouse. Exactly. But that would make no sense. You'll see why they blame it. So, okay. Okay. Daybreak on December 26th. Okay. So that same day, it's just not... 
3 a.m. anymore. Mm -hmm. The servicemen returned to the scene of the sighting and they found three depressions that were about one and a half inches deep and seven inches in diameter right where they had found the object earlier the that day. The legs, the legs it was sitting on. And I see you have a picture of the three spots. Yes. And it's in a so triangular this is a little shape. clearer picture showing where they found the depressions. Okay. That looks like it's impressive that it was able to maneuver through the trees. Exactly. How? Because it looks. It's so just, wide. Yeah. The shape of. And if all you those connect trees. The dots and you make a triangle. It's definitely <laughs> right. wider than the spacing between the trees. So right. it's really interesting. That's crazy, right? Yeah. They were also to see the trees clearer and found that some had burn marks and broken branches. Ah, so they didn't miss all the trees. Nope. <laughs> the branches were freshly broken, roughly 15 to 20 feet high. Okay. <laughs> so how did that happen? Sasquatch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just rubbing against the trees, right? <laughs> the police were called again at 1030 a.m., but they claimed the impressions were due to animals. They oh, said, sure. Like, they were digging. 15 to 20. Oh, the animals the, were digging these perfect, like, yeah, one, one inch and a half deep. Inch in a triangle In shape. a triangle pattern. Yeah. And they're like, yep. no, yep. excuse me. I know. No. Yep. They're Come like, oh, it's just animals. Yeah. That is not how animals dig. Nope. December 28th. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is a couple days later. Lieutenant Colonel Commander Charles Halt again decided to revisit the site area and take radiation readings. The original memo said they only found 0.1 milli... I can't say this. Milliroentigens? Milliroentigens? I love it. Yes. Gins? We'll sure. go with that. Sure. <laughs> yes. You guys understand me, right? The peak readings in the middle of the three depression area, okay? And 0.05 to 0.0 readings on the sides of the tree that were facing the original site. Okay. And it's not much. This isn't very high in the grand scheme of radiation, uh -huh. but... The way it was marked around this area was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was different. Yes. It was it very, showed very, very that small, it was different but than it was different. the yeah. rest of it. Yeah. Okay. Halt had taken a cassette recorder with him while taking the radiation readings, and the recordings were released in 1984. Okay. Ooh. This tape also has Lieutenant Colonel Halt's description of the second sighting. <gasps> Here is the statement from the Ministry of Department, uh, Ministry of Defense document. Okay. So later in the night, a red sunlight light, uh, sun like light was seen through the trees. It moved about and pulsed. Ooh, okay. At one point, it appeared to throw off glowing particles and then broke into five separate white objects and then disappeared. What? <laughs> Immediately thereafter, three star-like objects were noticed in the sky, two objects to the north and one to the south, all of which were 10 degrees off the horizon. The objects moved rapidly in sharp angular movements and displayed red, green, and blue lights. The objects to the north appeared to be elliptical through an 8 through 10, 12 power lens. They then turned to full circles. The mm. objects to the north remained in the sky for an hour or more. The object to the south was visible for two or three hours and beamed down a stream of light from time to time. <laughs> Numerous. Did it pick up a cow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to see a flying, <laughs> flying cow? Oh my God. I love it. Uh, Numerous individuals, including the undersigned Colonel Halt, witnessed the activities. Dude, that's so good. Okay. So many people see it. So they oh, that is the classic shape yes. of a UFO. They I love it. It is a flying saucer yep that's colonel halt's kind of depiction of what they saw wow okay three feet beam of light round triangular. i mean it's yeah triangular you'll feet. see yeah that there's one two and there's the third is in the back I yeah think. i see yeah. it yeah oh sorry that was not uh colonel halt's drawing this was jim peniston he drew the sketch of the ufo he saw he's going to come into play some more here okay but he okay. was one of the witnesses okay okay now, also in 1983, a little bit later, right, an Omni magazine article posted Colonel Ted Conrad, the base commander's statement. And he recalled, five Air Force policemen spotted lights from what they thought was a small plane descending into the forest. Two of the men tracked the object on foot and came upon that large tripod mounted craft. It had no windows, but was studded with brilliant red and blue lights. Each time the men came within 50 yards of the ship, Conrad relates, it levitated six feet in the air and backed away. They followed it for almost an hour through the woods and across a field until it took off at phenomenal speed. 
Acting on the reports made by this men, uh, by his men, Colonel Conrad began a brief investigation of the incident in the morning. So this was the first sighting. Yeah. He went into the forest and located the triangular pattern ostensibly made by the tripod legs. He did interview two of the eyewitnesses and concludes those lads saw something, but I don't know what it was. It was a UFO. So they actually, to this day, they they made a current replica in the Rendlesham Forest of what oh, it was. Oh, that's cute. So it's there, <laughs> so that's what they think it looked like. Now, once this was all reported to the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense, they quickly decided that these events were not a threat to national security and did not investigate the forest as a security manner. Aww. <laughs> okay, well, I understand why they didn't think of it as a threat because it did leave. It, it did nothing. It didn't it mess just, with them. Yeah, it backed away from everybody and left, and it was all very peaceful. Mm-hmm. But still, like, don't you want to know what it was? Wouldn't you want to investigate? I guess not. Yeah. Apparently not. Well, I'm going to get into some things here. As I mentioned before, one theory that they may have contributed to the strobing light. Remember I said there's a strobing yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Was the Orfordness Lighthouse. Although the lighthouse was more east to where they saw the strobing light. Yeah. So, so that's what's no, frustrating. That's, come on, people. No. Yeah. That's that's a really, really. And it was far away. So I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, that's a lame Band-Aid. I agree. Exactly. (laughs) Two of the eyewitness statements basically saw the strobing light outside of the forest, so they were most likely seeing the lighthouse. That's what they think. Mm -hmm. The theory of the star-like lights were just that. Very bright stars or specifically one star. From Wikipedia, the star-like objects that Halt reported hovering low to the north and south are thought by some skeptics to have been misinterpretations of bright stars distorted by atmospheric and optical effects. Another common source of UFO reports. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. The brightest of them to the south matched the position of Sirius, the brightest star in the night sky. Stupid. And as I mentioned earlier, (laughs) there may have been a bright fireball from a meteor that shone red like Halt explained, saying the red. Mm. And Halt's date discrepancy. So when he wrote this memo... He was off a day. Oh, well, okay. People are like, well, maybe he's thinking because it was so early in the morning, he was just off in the day. But I think those are simple mistakes. Yeah. So that's why that was the biggest thing. Oh, he was off by one day in his memo. No, you guys are just being lazy about trying because they they have nothing to be able to cover it up. So they're just trying to make play or or prey on people's stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, like people will believe anything because they don't want to believe in aliens. So we'll just say, oh, it's lighthouse. And people are like, oh, good. It's a lighthouse. It's just a lighthouse. I don't have to worry about things being out there that I may not understand. Exactly. Understand. That's the biggest, biggest part of that. Yeah. In December 2016, retired Air Force officer Steve Longero broke his silence after 36 years and reported that he did indeed see something in the night sky above the Rendlesham Forest. He reported that the UFOs looked like red and green fluorescent lights hovering over treetops and dismissed the theory that they just saw the lighthouse strobe. Yep, because it wasn't. Yep. (laughs) So I'm going to go. It's really funny. This is going back and forth. Okay. Yet in 2018, a few special air service men claimed they were responsible for the claim sightings and it was all a hoax. Oh, no. That's just the military saying, take the fall for this so that people stop investigating it because they're trying to hide. (laughs) I'm so frustrated. Yeah, they're trying to hide it. They're they're trying to cover it up. Well, this is fun. Very sloppily. Let me let me go into this because you're going to laugh about it. Okay. The UK Daily Mail posted an article about this and they stated the SAS were said to have regularly tested U.S. security by probing the perimeters of RAF Woodbridge in the English county, which allegedly stored nuclear warheads and was believed to be a key target for Soviet agents. In August of 1980, (laughs) I know, the SAS troop parachuted into an upgraded radar system placed by the U.S. Air Force and were caught and apparently brutally interrogated for 18 hours after the British authorities intervened. This caused the SAS troops to get revenge and set up lights and colored flares in the forest in December, along with black helium balloons that were also coupled to remote-controlled kites to carry suspended materials into the sky activated by radio controls. I know, this is crazy. This was also under the research of David Clark. That's such a good revenge. Right? This is stupid. British journalist and UFO investigator who was contacted by the SAS man under the name Frank. 
Frank. What's up, Frank? <laughs> after like like the dog in Men in Black. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, after numerous contacts and research, though, uh-huh. Clark concluded that the hoax itself was, in fact, a hoax. Of course it was. What kind of revenge is like, oh, they're, we're gonna t- they're torturing our soldiers, yeah. so we're going to pretend we're going to attach lights to balloons and be like, <laughs> We're going to put lights over the sky and make them think they're UFOs. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Oh, my stupid. gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. Now, How last dumb do they think people are? I don't know. I, oh Apparently really gosh. dumb. Now, lastly, let's rewind to 2001 when David Clark discovered something huge. Even though officials continuously denied they existed, he uncovered documents that referenced top <laughs> secret UK government UFO investigations. Uh-huh. The yep. people know things. People know things. People are investigating. The six-page report from the Ministry of Defense's Directorate of Scientific Intelligence. This is the equivalent of the CIA in America. Okay. Dated June 1951 was produced by a top secret panel of military intelligence experts known as the Flying Saucer Working Party. Sweet. I love it. The Flying Saucer Working Party. I want to be a part of that party. (laughs) FSWP. FSWP. There you go. According to the report, the five-member team had been meeting since 1950 to analyze reports of unexplained sightings from RAF and Royal Navy pilots. The Flying Saucer Working Party, much like the Air Force higher-ups overseeing the Project Blue Book investigations in America, dismissed all sightings by experienced military personnel as either mistaken identification of conventional aircraft Optical illusions and psycho- uh, psychological delusions, known astronomical, uh, uh, known astronomical or meteorological phenomena, or deliberate hoaxes. Okay, but when the party concluded investigations of UFOs should not be undertaken until more substantial evidence appears. It was shared directly with Winston Churchill in the summer of 1952, and the UFO investigations were laid to rest. That is, mm-hmm. until exercise main brace. Ah, there around. we go. After the Topcliff sighting and newspaper coverage, Project Blue Book mentioned that British military intelligence had to recognize the UFOs. <laughs> so it kind of full circle but yeah. um so yeah so those were the two biggest known and they're still well known today uh ufo sightings in the united kingdom rendlesham is still kind of going back and forth as you can see like yeah yeah because those are recent reports like yes some of that was very recent the ministry of defense it's there it's all online you can read their actual um official documentation of it mm-hmm. but it's just going based off of that Lieutenant Colonel Halt, he was the biggest one that yeah. put it together. Yeah. So people are still saying, oh, no, it's nothing. But why? I don't know. Why? Why do people? It just boggles my brain. I don't understand why people want to dismiss aliens. Of course, there are aliens. We can't be the only intelligent life form in the entire universe. And the universe is so massive. And do you like, <laughs> like the way I said intelligent? Like... I said intelligent. Intelligent. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I mess up words that are, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. So we can't be no, the only be life the forms only life. out there. No. That, it makes no sense. How arrogant I was are we say, to think about how think that? big-headed and egotistical <laughs> humans have to be to think we are the only ones, right? Like around, like the smartest ones. So like, why are we so scared? To, exactly. Why? Why do we need to cover this up? Why are we so scared? To, I don't know. Why can't we have an open mind about everything and say and go well? this happened how do we I I mean like you said people need to explain things so much to the point that makes sense in their brains I think yeah they just uh, why are we wired to not want to believe in the existence of other of of things that we don't understand yet right or we can't explain like too scary I think too scary to handle I don't know I I don't know it's (laughs) Do you guys have thoughts and opinions? <laughs> yes, please let us know. Yeah, go ahead and send us an email at theominousstitch at gmail.com or comment on any of our social media. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Renee. Hey, Renee. What's up, Renee? We've been seeing you post about us. Thank you. We love you, You're too. You're so awesome. I hope you, you got so your, your Bigfoot, too. <gasps> Yay! Because yes. I sent it to you, but I didn't know if you got it. Let so. us know if you got your Bigfoot. Yeah. We want to know. Yeah. Um, 
if you guys want to shout out like we just gave to Miss Lovely Renee, yeah. then you guys hit us up on our social medias hey. or drop us a line at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Oh, become a patron, guys. Become a patron. We would love that. We'll send be, you things. Be the first. Woo! <laughs> You can find our patron page if you visit Podbean. That is where we host our wonderful little podcast. So if you go to Podbean and you look up The Ominous Stitch, it'll take you right to a link to become a patron. Yes. We'll send you stuff. We'll give you shout outs. We will make little special videos for our little patrons. Oh, make yeah. little special. We will reach out to you. Yes, we will. Become a part of our community. Yeah. Or just drop us a line anyway. Yeah, we just want to hear you. Say hi. Yeah. Are you out there? Do you believe in us? <laughs> Do you believe? <laughs> oh, that was a super fun story time. Yes. I want to know why we are so afraid. willing to, why we're so afraid. Why do we need to cover up when we do find evidence? We quickly cover it up and hush hush and don't let and anybody say it's see. a lighthouse. Yeah. Why do we do that? I don't know. And why do people need that? Because they need to feel like their presence in life is still sane and I think just normal and they're like quote unquote normal. Like I don't think people want to get out of their little their little bubble, their yes. little comfort zone. Everyone yeah, comfort stay zone. in their little comfort zone yeah. in their little bubble. They don't want to know about external things that nope. are happening outside. They don't want to know that they can, their lives can be rocked by something completely different, I think, which I would accept that. <laughs> yeah, rock my world. Rock my world. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of rocking our worlds, is it time to go to movie time? <laughs> yeah, we're off theme on this one, unfortunately. No, not, well, not really. There's movie. aliens. No, no, no. Oh, on a, <laughs> this next movie? Yeah. This movie that we're, we're reviewing? Yeah. Is it an alien? The faculty? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're looking at lights out. Because I was looking at our podcast today. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is how work, my brain's working, okay. too. So yes. Yeah. So our next movie review is, is yes, related to it's related to aliens. <laughs> but these are scary aliens. These, these are, are not behaving the aliens. same way. These are ones are parasitic aliens. Yeah, they're not so. behaving the same way as... No. As these other alien encounters that we, that we usually get. Been, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so is it movie time? It's movie time. Yay. <laughs> All right. Movie time. Yay. So this week's movie is The Faculty. The Faculty. Released in 1998. <laughs> it 90s. is so it late is a 90s. 90s movie for so sure. late 90s. Yep. IMDb rating is a 6.5 stars in the synopsis. When Casey Connor, Harrington High School's newspaper photographer, witnesses the murder of a nurse and sees her alive again, he decides to investigate the bizarre happenings. <laughs> <laughs> This was, like you said, this is such a 90s it's movie. so 90s. Okay. Like when Scream came out. Yeah. It's, this is it's very definitely similar. a Scream wannabe. Yeah. Not nearly as good. No. It, this, I would describe this movie as a guilty pleasure because yeah. it makes you feel really nostalgic for the 90s. It does, you right? get that, you get that feeling of like, oh, I'm watching a movie that's like Scream. You get yes. that, you get taken back into the late 90s. You do. With, with the cast, the cast is oh so gosh, much fun. Usher is in this movie. What's up, Usher? <laughs> BB Newworth, who I love, she is a fantastic actress. She's <laughs> the principal. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. I was like, who's that? Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Lilith on Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> also very famous Broadway star as well. You were laughing because you were texting me about Jordana Brewster. And I was like, yeah, Jordana Brewster. She was so big then. Elijah right? Wood. Elijah Wood. Yes. Uh, who's the main guy? Oh, John Stewart's in it too. John Stewart. Hilarious. Yes. Like, he's hilarious he in this, this movie. And then the, the Terminator guy, but not the oh, not Arnold, the other Terminator. Oh, oh, What's his name? Pa weird. Uh, it's not Patrick. But Josh Hartnett is in this movie. <laughs> Josh Hartnett plays Zeke Tyler. Robert Patrick. There you go. Duh. Robert Patrick, the other Terminator. He was very good in this. Yes, he's very good. Uh, but yeah, this is an all-star cast. Uh, so fun. So much fun. So many faces that you haven't seen since the 90s. Since the 90s. <laughs> Selma Hayek's in it. Selma Hayek. Yes. Uh, so many good people. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's what's funny as I was thinking about when I was watching this movie, how over the top stereotypical 90s thought that high school 
movies should be. Oh, it's so it's jocks so and grungy. And the high school's all dirty and yeah, grungy. The and bullies just gross. were like, I was like, I've never seen bullies the take bullies a kid and ram him into a, a pole. Yeah, like, oh, poor Elijah Wood. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they. That's. I feel like bullying stemmed from movies because yeah. they tried to make it. Oh, it's the stereotypes are so over the top. Yeah, way over the top. Yeah, you have your your stoners. You have your outcasts. You have your yep very overblown extorted breakfast club yes <laughs> josh harnett's selling drugs in the parking lot if that ever happened in my high school i'm pretty sure they would get arrested oh, that same day i love it like it's and the, the faculty know he's doing it yeah he's, they know and they don't stupid. care they have no desire to be there right right yeah but um but it was cool it's an interesting concept because even in the movie they start talking about alien movies and the body snatchers and vision. yeah like how like this is like, well, if if it's in movies, then it might be actually real. You yeah, know? yeah. And I thought that was so. Yeah, neat. they took they took all of their knowledge of how this parasite might behave from sci-fi. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they from took movies. It all from there, and I love it. From movies, and it's yeah. so good. Uh, that's the part I liked about this movie. If you strip down the stupid stereotypes in high school, the stereotypes are awesome. Yeah. So there's there's the teacher, Femke. Is that Femke how you say? Jansen? Femke. Yeah. She's gorgeous, beautiful. They yeah. make her all nerdy and she's the English lit teacher. And then uh, Josh Hartnett, who plays Zeke, the stoner guy the stoner. who's selling yep. drugs, right, yep. is hitting on her very openly oh, in class. So it's so gross. <laughs> but she loves it. And so they have this like weird dynamic yeah. relationship that yeah. continues past. Yes. Like even after all the parasites are gone, it's still like she he's on the football team and she's like waving at him from the <laughs> crowd. It's so gross. What is that? Movies, come on. There's so many things in this movie that I'm just like really yeah like the, the only way they could tell that they weren't aliens was to get high yeah <laughs> <laughs> to, to take they had drugs. to take the test <laughs> which means they had to take drugs they had to get high it was like a form of speed yep that he made he made oh yeah oh yeah here's the other thing yeah i know he was held back right he's yeah. like 19 probably yeah he is smart enough to make drugs in his he's insanely brilliant yeah he's, he's like, like going <laughs> in and teaching all of the classes and he's Talking supposed about to be all like the, the life forms that they found yeah, like he's he supposed to be the, the loser and he like goes in and he's like oh no it's this that and the other thing yeah in his english class he was doing yeah, that. yeah. in uh his science class yes. he totally took over for john stewart yep. he was the science teacher he knew and he's what like, to, oh, like oh let's dissect this yeah and let's do biology that. he was like he was a college professor like yeah what <laughs> yeah all over it so i think the only reason why he quote unquote failed was just on purpose yeah, he, he didn't, didn't want to have anything else he didn't have anything else yeah, to do right i don't think because theoretically his parents are never there yes, and so yeah was he going to go to college i don't what know he didn't know but 19 yeah. year old come on he didn't know that much he's knowledge. not yeah he's yeah. not a rocket scientist yeah. <laughs> making drugs <laughs> and jordana brewster's character is so mean oh it's so stupidly so mean. mean though yeah oh my gosh i'm like these stereotypes are really over the top Too much. and it makes no sense how they even connect or interact with each other well that was the thing they all had to get together at the end to like fight this parasite yeah and they so. all sit around and do drugs so they, <laughs> they they can prove to each other that they're not that they're not an alien <laughs> they're not an alien but that didn't go well right oh spoiler alert oh I'm sure you've so seen this, but funny yeah, it was silly but again there's little concepts of actual horror movies that i loved those those tropes of of aliens you know and mm -hmm. taking over and how you have to defeat them and you have to take out the main take out the queen yeah take yep. out the queen or king and so it was so cool in that way and then like the special effects like it like I thought for a 90s movie. Yeah, they, they were did really okay, good. Right? Yeah, yeah, the big job. alien thing. Yeah. Which, okay, this is. Oh, oh, oh. And then when Femke's head gets cut yeah, off. Yeah, it's cool. Are you, were, you, were you thinking about uh, Mars, Mars Attack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mars Attack. It's I'm a like, Mars Attack. I'm like, scene. that's that's um, Jessica, yeah. uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's yes, dog head, head on the, Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> now, my one big gripe about it is at the end, obviously, always the ending, when Elijah Wood um, is battling, like not battling, but running away from the big alien yes. queen and he stabs her with the, the pen. OK, yes, she is like huge. Like, oh, yeah. She's massive. monstrous. Right. So I know the thing in the pen would kill the humans because they're like tiny inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. tiny, tiny. The parasites are tiny. Yeah. In the humans. But Why the queen... would this small amount of drugs 
kill the queen who was like this giant alien. I had issues with that too. Okay, good. <laughs> like you would need at least 10 times the dose. The, the whole point is that those drugs are a diuretic. Yes, to dry them out. And yeah. it dries them out. How would one little tiny dose dry out that huge thing though? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> it would like hurt you a little, but she yeah. would keep going and eat him and like it didn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. I was like, that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like it would have been cooler if like they found like salt, like some like, I don't know, and threw it yeah. in the pool. Sodium and then, chloride, throw it in the pool. Yeah. And then have her out. in there. Yeah. That would have made way more sense. It absolutely would have made, <laughs> made, made, made way more sense. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that was the one like, I was like, that's stupid. You killed the queen. Cool, cool. That's the issue you had with the movie. I did. <laughs> Out of all the weird Not things. all the sexual harassment <laughs> no. and the drugs and the. No, I'm uh, looking at it as a horror movie. So And the bullying and. Oh, stupid. Oh, so funny. But anyway, it was a fun movie. Back in the 90s when that first came out, I thought it was so cute. It was fun to see all those people again. Yes. Because there's a lot of them are faces that, yes, you'll see now, like some Older. of them, you know, sure. Selma Hayek and you oh, know, yeah, of course yeah, you yeah. see her and, and John Stewart and Josh right. Hartnett. And, and Vam- Famke Jansen was so big in oh, the X-Men. She, oh know. my gosh. But um, Phoenix. Yes. Her. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, now this, this, this movie may not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely some problems with it. Absolutely. It's kind of like looking at it like if we were in the 90s looking at like a 50s movie. You know, yeah, horror movie. probably, you know, probably. But it's still it was still fun. It's still entertaining. Yeah. How many stitches would you give it? Let's see. IMDb gave it a six five. Yeah. That sounds fair to oh, me. Oh, look at you. Yeah. It, I I might watch it again just if I wanted a hit of nostalgia. Sure. Um, that 90s. Yeah, because it's so 90s. It's so 90s. <laughs> Our era. I love it. I so love you give it, it a 6.5? Yeah. I give it a 5.5. Oh, yeah. Not as good for you. No. <laughs> I Like I said, if I was watching this back in like 2000, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's give it a, like a eight. Every yeah. time I'm going to do that. Every time. <laughs> That's OK. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, 5.5 because I don't think I'm going to watch it again. But it was still entertaining, like you said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been another awesome, amazing, amazing episode of the Elmina Stitch podcast. I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, so much fun. <laughs> I love UFO stuff. Oh, it's me just, too. It's I, I love it. We'll love go it. into more soon. I promise. Yeah. We need to do a men in black one because <gasps> they're the ones that are covering up everything. That's true. But they're probably aliens themselves. I uh, guess. There you go. Oh, yeah. we'll have to get into it. We'll have episode. to get into that. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that some other time, but so keep listening and maybe you guys will hear when we do that. If you guys have any story ideas, please drop us a line at the ominous at gmail.com and let us know what you would like for us to talk about. Or if you have had an encounters of your own, we would love to oh do a gosh. listener story. Mm-hmm. So please tell us any paranormal or true crime, hopefully not true crime, hopefully more paranormal yes, encounters that you guys have had or stories that you know, we would love to include them on our podcast and do a listener's episode. That would be so much fun. That'd be awesome. Well, you guys are awesome and amazing. Amazing. Yay. So hit us up at any point, but we hope you keep listening. Yes, please. Tell yeah. your friends. Tell, tell your friends. <laughs> Crochet along with us. Be in our circle. And until next time, we'll see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Oh.